My prayer this morning, Father, is a simple one, that you would give me a heart for your word and a word for our hearts. Amen. How many of you brought your Bible to church today? How many of you, when you were kids, ever had a sword drill at church? Only Wiki and I? A sword drill. So you take your Bible and you hold it by the spine so you can't cheat. And the grown-up in the church would say, Psalm 121, verse 1, go. And then you had to find Psalm 121, verse 1, and stand up and be the first one to read it. I lift up mine eyes into the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Our church had a very unique rule for sword drills. This was the rule. Alvin was only allowed to get the first three. Alvin was so fast, he could find it and hand it off to his best friend, Chuck, so that Chuck would get the next three. Now, the reason we did that exercise studying the children's sermon is, uh, and I'm going to pick on my dad here. My dad got a new pastor at his church many years ago, and he was the head of the finance committee. And he went to the administrative board at the Methodist church, and the pastor said, next time we meet, I want everybody to bring their favorite Bible verse. Please have it memorized. My dad said no. Now, I'm the only one in the room who had met my dad, but let me help you out. He was just under six feet. He had been British military. He had a, a very strong English accent. And he was not a man with whom to be reckoned. He, he said, no, I'm not going to do it. And the pastor said, Ben, why not? He says, that's what I have a Bible for. Why do I have to memorize it? So many of us treat the Bible that way. But if you were listening to the scripture today, the psalmist writes, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. I uh, recently read the book I told you about, Rabbi Jesus, reading the Bible with Rabbi Jesus, and Jesus and all of the disciples, which is funny because the Galileans were considered to be undereducated by the Romans, but they had memorized large swaths of scripture. And we know this because Psalm 120 and following, there's about seven Psalms there, are called the Psalms of Ascent. And if you've ever been to Jerusalem or seen pictures, Jerusalem literally is on a hill. And we've talked about this before. In New Jersey, we all go down the shore. No matter where you will live, right? Oh, where are you going? Down the shore. Well, in Israel, you go up to Jerusalem. And it's not straight up. It had a weaving path and the song of ascents would be sung by the nation of Israel as they climbed the hill to go to the temple. When you know that, go back to Psalm 121. I lift up my eyes unto the hills. Where does my strength come from? Makes much more sense. I'm climbing the hill to see my God in his temple. Then I have to ask, how much scripture do we know? Because we know that when Jesus was tempted by the devil in the wilderness, his only response was scripture. I, I heard a speaker this week, because I, I spoke at night, there were three speakers during the day, 
who said, you know, Jesus didn't wake up with the Bible stuck in his head. Even though John tells us that he was the word of God, he had to memorize it just like we did. And it was so much a part of him that when he was tempted, he shot out scripture. And what happened? It says the devil fled from him. You can't take on temptation by yourself, but God gives us the strength through scripture to do that. We as Christians, I believe, need to make a commitment to memorize more scripture. There's a wonderful book you can get it on Amazon. It's called 100 Verses Every Christian Should Know. And the first three are ones I heard today. John 3.16, Romans 3.23, Romans 6.23, and Romans 8.38 and 39. For I am persuaded that neither life, nor death, nor angels, nor princes, nothing that exists, nothing yet to come, no created thing can ever separate us from the love of God made visible in Jesus Christ. Does scripture roll out of you? Remember, Matthew and Luke both said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. One of the scariest words I had as a dad was we're getting ready for church, and one of the kids would shout, I can't find my Bible. I wonder if we could, if we were asked to, find our Bibles. Well, you don't need to find it if it's written in here. There are stories from uh, World War II and from Vietnam when people were in the camps, when they were in the prisoner of war camps. They got together and they, they cobbled together as best they could the, the verses to hymns that they sang together and scripture. And they said it was, it was precious to them that they could regurgitate the verses that when they were little children, they had to learn. And they thought, why do I have to learn this? Because sometimes life separates you from the book, but it can't separate you from the book you have hidden in your heart. You may remember that I, I said a few weeks ago, my philosophy of education was that I cook a delicious meal and you have to, anybody remember? You have to come hungry. Come hungry, eat your fill, and take the leftovers home and share it. There you go. So, if there was a, a flippant title to this message, it would be, Learn to Cook for Yourself. Now, there are some folks that complain that the Bibles in our pews don't match. We have some NIV, we have some good news from Utter Man. I want you to know that makes my day. Well, why do you say that? Well, if you're taking notes... You need to write one, two, three. Now, Wiki and Kim and uh, Vicki and Danny know this already, but there's really three kinds of Bibles. The first one is called a literal. Sorry, I almost did my school teacher three thing and spelled that for you, but literal. And uh, the best way to explain that is it's a word-for-word -word translation. They took the Greek word, they picked the best English word, and they wrote it down. It's a word-for-word -word translation. Number two would be a dynamic equivalent. Dynamic equivalent. And that best is described as thought for thought. Because let's be honest, not many of us carry drachmas in our pocket or know the monetary value of a talent. 
Very few of us have grabbed wheat and rubbed it in our hands to separate the chaff and eaten the seeds that were left. These are all experiences that first century people had every day that we are separated from. So a dynamic equivalent tries to take the thought that was heard and translate it into a thought that we would hear that matches up. Nod if this makes sense. Now the third is my mom's favorite. It's the Living Bible. That would be a paraphrase. That's where somebody took a translation already. And the first big paraphrase was the Living Bible. The dad was leading devotions for his family and realized that the these and the thous, the henceforths and the begats, were sort of freaking out his children. So he would, every day at work during his lunch hour, paraphrase the King James into a language that his children could understand. Billy Graham Ministries found out about this and published the Living Bible. It is very emotional, it's very evocative, but it's not a translation. So, if you're going to study, you should probably have one of each of these nearby. So you can ask yourselves, not the, I mean, a literal and a dynamic equivalent. What does this mean? And if you don't understand it in this Bible, read it in the other Bible. If you're Danny, he has that eight translation New Testament. You've seen it, it's bigger than a cinder block, right? And you can go and check and see how all the translators parse that for you. It is okay to study one verse at a time. It's okay to study one pericope at a time. Now, you may not know what a pericope is, but let me help you out. You know in your Bible where it has a little heading, Jesus feeds the 5,000, Jesus walks on the water, David slays Goliath. Each one of those little stories is called a pericope. Do you need me to spell that for you? Yes. Okay. P-E-R-I-C-O-P-E. Pericope. It literally means a small collection of verses. If you can study a verse at a time or a pericope at a time, you can study a chapter at a time or a book at a time. Now let's say in your study you find a verse that really speaks to your heart. Romans 12.1, For be ye not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. I found that was like when I was in eighth grade, and it stuck with me. What a powerful verse. You find a verse, I'm old, write it on a three-by-five card. If you're, you're younger than me, put it in the notes on your phone and look at it over and over and over until it becomes what? Written on your heart. If you're going to study the Bible at home, if you're going to cook for yourself, you need one more book in your library. Now, I didn't bring my copy, but I found one for $9 on Amazon. You need a dictionary or an encyclopedia of the Bible. Now, what what challenged me to do this? I've been reading a book for school called Crossing the Homiletical Bridge. I know that, that makes you all want to run out and buy the book. That's such an exciting title. And the first, the introduction of the book, the man writing it said, pastors are not normal. 
He says, let me tell you what that means. In uh, Isaiah 6, it says, in the year that King Uzziah died. And pastors go, I need to know everything I can about King Uzziah. And they look up King Uzziah and Kings and Chronicles. They'll see if there's any extra biblical material, maybe a picture you can put on the PowerPoint of King Uzziah. And pastors get all excited about that. But it's not just that. King Uzziah died. Well, what happened in that year? Well, we think that year was, you know, 537. And this army was here and this army was here. And they were building the hanging garden. You know, we we look for all the things. And we get so excited because pastors aren't normal. We come up to the pulpit and what do we do? We tell you all that stuff that you don't want to know. person in my old church used to say, Pastor, you tell too many stories. Really, I said? They said, yeah, tell me what it says. Tell me what to do and let me go home and do it. And I said, well, you know, you hear it that way, but other people need the stories. Sometimes people remember the stories more than the scripture. So if you're going to join me in this journey, in this notebook revival, and you're going to start taking notes on your Bibles, buddy, you might want to have a Bible dictionary or encyclopedia nearby. I guess what I really want to say is the next time we have a children's sermon where there's a contest to see who knows the most scripture, there will not be nervous laughter. That people will jump up and be ready to share the word of God that they've written on their heart. Better yet, I'd love for someone to come and say, I was at work and this friend was having an issue and I don't know how it happened. I'll explain how it happened in a minute, but they'll say, I don't know how it happened, but scripture just came to my mouth and it was the perfect scripture. Well, that was instigated by the Holy Spirit, but he can't recall scripture for you unless you have hid it in your heart. And I would love, and and Wiki and I have been trying to do this at Sunday school and the adult Bible study, Uh, to give you time at the beginning to say what we'll ask. Have you any questions or something you want to share about what you learned this week on your own? My friend uh, Dave Coriel, the the general secretary of World Christian Endeavor, says the church needs to stop being hippos, consumers, and they need to become honeybees, people who create and build. I say we need to stop suffering from spectatoritis. We need to participate in our own Christian education. How many of us have been in church for, and I'm not looking for raised hands, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, 60 years, and couldn't remember 10 Bible verses? Then when temptation comes, we are not prepared. So, ladies and gentlemen, and our friends on the radio, which they add in another country, we're up to 14 countries have heard sermons from our church, which is pretty wild. This pastor is saying, I love preaching, I love teaching, but I would love for you to learn to cook for yourself. Amen.